Okay, I'm excited about this morning. I'm always excited when science and spirituality come together. I'm just excited because we tend to look through, look at life through those two lenses. So when we can bring those lenses into one focus, that's a powerful point and place in time. So some of you here have studied some of the indigenous tribal ways, some of the Native American ways or other indigenous tribal ways, and you've heard in prayer people say the words, all my relations, all my relations. All my relations is a statement that, it's a statement of acknowledgement. It's a statement that acknowledges that there is life in everything, in everything. And Charles Fillmore, who founded with his wife, Myrtle, the Unity Movement, said that. He said that exact, that exact thing. He said, there inanimate and inanimate objects, there is life force. There is the presence of the divine in every rock, in every flower, in every animal, in every person, and that we should communicate with all of them. We should, in fact, speak the truth to all of them. So it's interesting to think about what that means to us, especially in a month when we're considering the topic of transformation. How do we change? What would we like to change? So we just finished Easter last week, and the New Testament tells the story of transformation. It really, the whole, the whole of it is, leads us to a culminating moment, like any good story, leads us to a culminating moment, doesn't it? And in that culminating moment, when we move from resurrection to, from crucifixion to resurrection, we see transformation. We see profound change, such profound change that the person who was changed was hardly recognizable afterwards. So when we look at science and spirituality, and we look at what we've learned as the most important thing for us to be working on, one of those most important things in our lives is transformation. How do we change? How do we transform? And like anything else in life, to make change, we have to understand the basic workings. So science has looked at life through many lenses. And the first lens told science that there is an atom. And scientists said, oh, there must be more than that. There must be more than an atom. So they looked more closely. And when they looked more closely, they found out, sure enough, there were protons and electrons and neutrons. There was more. And then they said, well, what if, because that's science's job. Science's job is to say, what if? What if there is more than that? And so they looked even closer. And when they looked even closer, they found something called a quark. What an interesting name. And they found out that everything is made of quarks. Everything. You, me, the table, everything is made of quarks. Now they've found out there are two kinds of quarks. They're still quarks, but there are two types. We don't know how much more we're going to find out, but what we know right now is that everything is made of quarks and that quarks are one thing and that means we are all made of the same one thing. And we know some other things about that thing that we are. We know that 99.99999% 
of everything we think is a thing is space. Just space. And that 0.00001% of everything we think is a thing is a real thing, is made up, uh, is what's left after that, all that other space out there. Which means that we are primarily held together by something science calls space. And science calls it the organizing substance or organizing principle of all life. It says that space is the organizing principle. So what would we call that space? Spirit, God, life, love, right? We would say that is the unified divine field, wouldn't we? That when we talk about the presence of the holy, we're talking about that space that is the organizing principle that holds all life together. So this is my example of the organizing field. This is called the bed of nails. I don't know if you've ever seen one. I don't know if you guys have ever seen one. We used to play with this when we were little, so I don't know if you guys ever have. But it's kind of a cool thing. It has all these little pins in it, and you can just make whatever you want there. So if I want to, let's see, I think I will make the shape of scissors. I can push that right in there, and I can make the shape of scissors, right? Now I can't get my scissors out of there. <laughs> it's a strong field. Or if I want to make the shape of a pair of glasses, ta-da. Anything I think of that I can move the force of, I can create in that field, which is kind of how the divine oneness works. When we think something, we begin to create. And our creative energy, which is our thoughts and our feelings, moves the substance that is the divine field we call God into whatever we want to create. So someone said to me the other night, it's almost like the universe is a genie and says, your wish is my command. Kind of the same thing, isn't it? So how we control this field, how we co-create the world that we live in is by understanding we are one with this field. And everything emerges from the same field. Every rock, plant, animal, everything comes from that one field we call divine presence. Not just humans, but everything. So Ariana, what does this have to do with Earth Day? Well, Charles Fillmore made a statement that we don't teach from very often. Charles Fillmore and Charles and Myrtle were vegetarians. And not only were they vegetarians, but if you go to Unity Village today, you'll find out there's only one restaurant there, and it's a vegetarian restaurant. It still is, vegetarianism is still a, a um, kind of a base practice taught by Unity. And we don't talk about it a lot, but it's important to know that Charles Fillmore believed that if that for as long as we are violent toward animals, as long as we live in a violent relationship with animals, that we will continue to experience cruelty, war, and violence in the world that we share. Oh, wait a minute. I hadn't thought about that, right? So I, like you, get my chicken 
from the grocery store. I have no idea how it got there. I have no idea how it was raised. Maybe I'm careful about what kind of, maybe I buy free-range chicken. But I'm not there. I'm not interacting with that food. I'm not interacting with the carrots that I eat. So here's, here's always been my thing about vegetarianism. Well, if all life, if all things are alive, then so are plants, aren't they? I read this really kind of heartbreaking piece of poetry yesterday about the sweetness of sugarcane and how you have to smash it to get the sweetness out and what it must be like to be that being. So if we go far enough down the rabbit hole here, pretty soon we can't eat, right? There's a guy in India, his name is Prahad Johnny, who hasn't eaten in 70 years. I'm not making it up. Go look it up. They've done lots of medical studies to try and figure out why this guy is able to do it. He had a a connection with spirit at about 12 years old, was told that he would be sustained by the universe. He doesn't eat and he doesn't drink. And we're not supposed to make it longer than four days if we don't drink water. Now, we can go a long way down this rabbit hole And how many of you are willing to give up your food and water? None. (laughs) Right, me either. So let's come back up a little bit. It's important to know that maybe we have beliefs that don't serve us and that there are amazing things happening in the world and that we are all connected. And if one person can do something, more of us can do it. It's also important to think about how Every thread that we pull, as John Muir says, every thread that we pull in the web of life affects something else. Everything that we eat and where our food comes from and how we ingest it and whether we're prayerful about it or not, all of that makes a difference in who we are. And it was so important to Charles Fillmore that he lived his whole life abstaining from meat. So it's important enough, if we really believe he taught something important, it's important enough for us to pay attention to that and to consider how we interact with the planet. Because how many of you in the last, oh, two weeks have been upset about the potential of war? Hmm. How many of you have complained about the way we do something in our world? Right. So we are affecting our, our entire existence because our entire existence is coming out of one field, one place, and our thoughts and our beliefs and our practices are moving that field and creating by our co-creative will with the divine. So if we think that life doesn't matter... And we live from the perspective that the food that we take to nourish ourselves is not holy and sacred and that we don't need to honor that experience, then we are saying that life doesn't matter, that life is not holy and sacred and should not be protected and treated carefully. How we eat and what we do makes a difference where our food comes from, that we consider buying our food from what is close to us 
We have great farmer's markets here in Colorado Springs, great places that we can buy food and know how it's cultivated. It's just something for us to think more deeply about and to give consideration to because science is is confirming this. This is no longer just what the wise people say. This is a truth we can absolutely count on now that we are one with all things and everything that we do is changing the world we share. And if we want our world to be kinder, then we need to think kind thoughts and act more kindly. And if we want our world to be less violent, we need to move in less violent ways in the world, both with ourselves and with all of the people that we interact with. And you guys in this small section in the front, we need to take care of them because they're about to inherit what we're doing. And you guys need to hear this because it's going to be yours to take care of someday. You are already contributing to the way we think about life. So unity has uh, an interest in this. So much of an interest that they have an organization that within unity that a lot of people don't know about that's called Unity Earth Care. And we have talked about Unity Earth Care here on a couple of occasions in the now seven years I've been here. And a couple of people have stepped up and we've thought about what we could do differently, but we have not jumped in with both feet. And so I found someone who's a little bit more forceful. (laughs) I asked Michael Wellen, if Michael, would you stand up? if he would take on our, Earth, our Unity Earth Care actions. We have the opportunity here in our community to start. And we can start by thinking about how much energy we use. And we can start by thinking about where the food comes from that we serve here. And we can start by thinking about what we serve on. There are lots of actions that we can take to really put into practice what Charles Fillmore was trying to teach us to really look at how we bring a better symbiotic relationship between us and the planet so that we really can transform what we're trying to transform. Because I think he's right. I think that statement of the world will continue to be violent as long as we're violent is a truth, a truth that we can absolutely change in such a profound and fast way that it will make our heads spin just by recognizing the threads that we're pulling in our everyday life. Something to think about. I have some quotes for you to consider. Myrtle Fillmore said, I was almost accused of being a nature worshiper when I was a little girl, and I have always loved what I see in nature as well as in all artists who are so close to the beauty side of God. Nature is surely the glorified face of good. Charles Fillmore said, Intelligence is inherent in every form, animate or inanimate. Even rocks and all minerals have life. We should be speaking words of truth to everything, not only to humankind, but to the mineral, vegetable, and animal kingdom. You can find that in Christian healing. 
John Muir said, keep close to nature's heart and break clear once in a while and climb a mountain or spend a week in the woods and wash your spirit clean. Chief Seattle said, humankind has not woven the web of life. We are but one thread in it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. And Jane Goodall said this, you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference, and you have to decide what kind of difference you're going to make. 